Hi y'all, it's Carrie Nieberding, your host of the Elevate Telesummit 2014. I'm so excited to have Barbara Turley with us today. Welcome, Barbara. Thanks so much for having me, Carrie. Delighted to be on the summit. Oh, good. Glad you're here. And welcome to everyone else joining us today. And if this is your first day to be joining us, I want to tell you just a short snippet about our summit and what makes it so special. So this is the Elevate Telesummit, and what we've done is we have gathered 21 experts to share their money-making mindset that has helped elevate their business to six figures. And what's truly special about this summit is our experts are ready and willing to be totally open and honest and share the true stories behind what it's taken to get to their success level. So very excited to start our conversation with Barbara. And before we do, let me just tell you a little bit about her. Barbara Turley is an investor, a wealth strategist, and founder of Energized Wealth, a wealth strategy and coaching business for female entrepreneurs who want to get their money pumping to fuel their vision and feel more alive. She is also an adventure lover and self-confessed idea junkie with a passion for inspiring women to step into their power, overcome their resistance to money, and embrace it as it is the ultimate tool designed to enable our greatest vision. Well, welcome, Barbara. That's, I love your bio, and I definitely would love to give you an opportunity to share with our audience a little bit about your journey and, and what it's looked like to get to where you are today. Yeah, wow. It's funny, you know, <clears throat> when you hear your own bio read back to you, it's, it's, it's such a, an interesting experience because, you know, you write that yourself. And I always use, I've realized I've used very energetic language in that bio because, and even with my business being called Energize Wealth, because I'm quite an energetic and enthusiastic person and that's how I want all my clients and the people who follow me to feel. That's really what everybody wants to feel, right, mm. in life. So I guess, uh, yeah, it's, it's interesting. So you so did a good I job. <laughs> Pardon? You did a good job writing it then. Took a long time. That's another thing that takes ages. Mm -hmm. It took me about four months to craft that. So yeah, it's a work in progress. Mm -hmm. So do you want me just to tell you a little bit about the business and where I've come from or yeah. how should I start? Yeah, that'd be great. You know, tell us what inspired you to start the business and then we can kind of maybe talk about your, your uh, background. Yeah. Okay. So what inspired me? I mean, one thing I would say is, you know, I think you look at other people's businesses and you go, wow, I wonder how they came up with that idea or where did they get that from? And really, I think this business for me has been five years in the making, to be totally honest, before I started it. And I didn't know what the business was at all, you know, the five years before, but I knew deep down in my soul that I wanted to a few things. I wanted to work for myself. So I wanted flexibility. I really wanted to work for myself. I wanted to build something and create something. And I wanted to be a leader, somehow to lead in something that inspired me. And having spent most of my career in the financial industry, which is full of men, and I wasn't that connected with the female space, to be, to, to be honest. I think that was one of the, the, the issues, maybe there was a bit of a disconnect for me. And I... It just serendipitously, a, f a friend of mine invited me to a women in business networking function a few mm -hmm. years ago. And I went along and I saw all these amazing women and I talked to so many of them and I thought, there's all these women out there right now. The world is full of women launching their own businesses. But there is a huge block still with women making money. So mm -hmm. there's, a, there's a lot of women not making any money with their businesses. And there's a huge amount of women out there, and I know this one's going to resonate, saying, oh, but I'm not in it for the money. And I would say, you know, I, I, I understand that that is, um, I can see from a, 
you know, connecting with your soul and wanting to give back to the world point of view, I can see why that is. But they're, they're sort of not seeing money as an integral part of, the, of their team. So I thought to myself, okay, I've got all this experience in the financial industry. And for me, money is kind of an easy game. I've understood it. You know, I've been in there for 20 years. So I thought, why not launch something that really inspires me to inspire a whole host of other women out there to think differently about money mm-hmm. and to invite money in on their team as one of their, you know, superstar the superstars on their team. So that's kind of the where Energize Wealth was born, I guess. I love that idea of thinking. I mean, it's so true how money is part of your team. You you need it to be successful. Um, so that's that's definitely a um, an inventive way. You need, to, you need to treat it with respect. I think this is the other thing. You know, in saying things like "Oh, but I'm not in it for the money," or you know, looking at people going, oh, she's just in it for the money. It's treating money like it's separate and outside of you and that it's not part of your team. Now, if you had an employee and you treated them like that, how do you think that employee would react and how would they treat you? Mm-hmm. And money is the same thing. It's very, um, it's something that you need to treat with respect. You need to invite it in. You need to, you know, it's that energetic thing. So I think I want to reframe how women think about money. And that's really the basis of what I'm doing now. That's great. I love that attitude. Um, and maybe you could talk to us a little bit about kind of how you were starting your business and what that looked like. I know you had a, a business prior yeah. to this one, so maybe what the what that path yeah. looked like. Yeah, so a few years ago, as I said, I think about five, well, probably, it's probably seven years ago now, I really realized this burning desire to work for myself, to launch my own business, to create something. And the truth was that, unfortunately, I had that thought just as the financial crisis hit in 2008. Mm-hmm. And I actually had that thought just prior to that. And I had left my job and gone off traveling for a few months because I wanted to get away and think about it. And I'd had this really high-flying career. And I was working as a trader in investment banks. So I was right in the thick of it. You know, it was really, uh, my career was going to new heights. But I took time out because I really wanted to think about what the next chapter was for me. And unfortunately... The financial crisis hit in the middle of the whole thing. Mm. And, you know, should that have affected me? Well, I don't know. I was so close to the financial markets that for me it was, like, devastating because I, you know, had investments. I was trading my own money. And as a lot of people, you know, went through in that time, Mm. they lost a lot of money. So I realized, oh, my God, I have to. I think I panicked and I went, I have to get a job again. But the problem was I couldn't get a job because nobody was hiring. So for the first time in my whole career, I wasn't in demand. And it was a real eye-opening experience for me. It was, um, you know, it took me about another, it took me about a year to actually get a job. So by the time I was back in employment, I was sort of broken financially, emotionally, mentally. You know, it was a very, very difficult experience for me. Mm-hmm. And I think the fear, I think what happened then was I took a step back and I, I was too scared to make a move to do my own thing. It just felt safe to be in employment again. And then a few months later, you know, the universe has such a funny way. When you ask the universe for something, it's going to give it to you. Because Mm -hmm. I actually was let go from that job with a whole pile of the team. Because the financial crisis rumbled on, you know, and the banks were just slashing staff for years after that. Mm -hmm. So, again, I was sort of sitting there going, right, I've no job. What am I going to do? And a phone call came um, from the CEO of the business I was working for. And a group of them were considering doing a management buyout of a business from one of the big investment banks. And he asked me, was I interested in going in? And I thought, okay, this is my opportunity to go into a business. That's not my own business, but it's kind of I'm part owner. Mm-hmm. So I did. I said, I said a big, I didn't really know how I was going to do it, but I said yes. 
and um, we launched a business which today I'm so proud of it because today it's a, it's a fund management it's an asset management business that has three billion dollars of funds under management mm-hmm. in five years. So it's you know, and I'm still involved with that business. I'm not there day to day, but I'm still a shareholder in that business, and I learned. Just massive amounts in that five years about launching businesses, about how to make a business successful even from the ashes of disaster, you know, from the depths of the most difficult time. Mm. And I guess it gave me the confidence again a few years later to say, you know what, I think I can do this and I think there's something I have to offer here. So eventually I took the jump and it's just, it's not even a year ago actually that I launched Energize Wealth. So it's interesting for you, I'm in my first year, so... It's been a great journey. And it sounds like several times throughout your, the course of your starting that business and then starting this business, you, you've had to take that leap of faith, not knowing what it was going to look like, but just knowing it was going to work out. Well, I think what I've said, I mean, you know, look, I, I, as I said, I, I come from a trading background. So when you're a trader, you're used to doing that every minute of every day. Mm-hmm. When you never know what the markets are going to do to you, you know, the markets, you know, you think you, you take positions and I'll explain a bit of that for people who maybe don't understand, but it's the stock market. So you're in the, where all the shouting and the pits where all the trading happens and mm-hmm. it's fast and dynamic. And I guess I learned that skill very early on of how to make fast decisions and how to know that, you know what, you might make a decision and it might go completely wrong. So you have to have the ability to shift and change and evolve and not get caught up in the, oh, no, I made a mistake. It's my fault. I'm, I'm useless. You know, this kind of thinking mm-hmm. because things will, things will go against you. And in business, it's exactly the same. Yeah. You have to take that leap of faith. And, and it's not a, a persistence to keep going, staying the course. It's a persistence to find the right path, even if it keeps changing along the way. Yeah, that's a great point about being, it's about being flexible and then also not being so hard on yourself. And I think, you know, women is in general, you know, I think we tend to be pretty hard on ourselves if we, you know, make a mistake or even invest wrong. And that could be financially or time wise, you know, and being able to walk away from a project or walk away from something that maybe isn't, isn't working out and kind of cut your losses. So I think that's a skill. It's self-worth thing to know, well, that didn't work, but it wasn't a bad decision. Mm-hmm. You know, it wasn't your fault. It wasn't a bad decision. It was just, that's the nature of it. It's the fluidity of business, of investing, of all these, of money, money flows. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't always know where it's going to flow. So you've yeah. got to be ready. That's right. Have the flexibility. So as you were building Energize Wealth, um, can you tell us maybe a little bit about what that looked like as you were kind of putting the, the business plans together for this company yeah. and then kind of maybe what it looked like in this first year, how business has been for you? Yeah. Well, the first thing I would say is the business plans that I put together, I, I thought about it for a good year before I actually, you know, left my, I, I mean, I had a good salary and all that, but that I was sort of planning it before I took the jump because I really, and this is a message I want to give to the women out there who might be thinking of taking the jump. You, while sometimes we're in jobs that we don't like or that we don't want to do because we want to do our own business, but you have to be strategic and you've got to sit down and get yourself set up financially so that you your first year is not absolutely hellish because it is going to be hellish anyway. So you don't want financial strain as well. Mm-hmm. And you have to plan for, so for example, one of the best decisions I made was I planned for 
you know, marketing is huge in the game that we're all in, right? In business, marketing is massive. You must have a budget somehow to be able to cover some marketing. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying you have to spend big on marketing, but you do have, even with online marketing, which, you know, everyone goes around saying it's free, it's easy. It's not. There's technology involved. You need some help. So you need to have a buffer and you need to have some money behind you. So I would say to women, you know, if it takes another year or two before you get started, don't worry. Just get set up and get strategic. So for me, the interesting thing was I did all that. I had the plans. I had myself all set up. My business today looks quite different from what I started out with. Mm -hmm. So again, it shifted and changed because when you're in it, new opportunities come your way, Mm -hmm. new thought processes, new people cross your path. And you sort of start to realize there was a few things I had in the plan that actually weren't resonating with my own soul, but they were good for the money. And I thought, after a while, I thought, "Mm, that's not really the direction I want to take. So again, I had to make hard decisions pretty quickly and say, uh, you know, shift and change. So the business model is a little bit different now than what I started out with. Yeah. I would say um, more online, definitely more online than, than offline. So I realized that for me, things like, I love the whole digital thing. So for me, that really appeals. So I, I sort of shifted tack and went that route. So I'm launching a digital training program in September, actually. Oh, wonderful. Yeah, it's a 10-week training program that's starting in September. So um, so what else would I say? What was the other question you asked me? How difficult was it maybe the first year? Yeah, just maybe if, you know, throughout this year, if you've had come into any challenges or resistance and maybe what you've yeah. done to, to overcome them or push past that resistance to, you know, making yeah. change or making shifts, which obviously you're very um, comfortable with, but I still think there's, you know. Oh, definitely. It's still, it's still very tough. Like I would say I come up against resistance at least once a month at least a big big chunk every month with a new thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was much harder in the beginning. So let's say, go back to last year when I first started. Um, I would say I procrastinated. I mean, at the time, I didn't think I was. But looking back, I procrastinated for about four months. So it took me four months to write my about page. It took you know, months to think about what my opt-in was. And looking back, I think, oh, my God, I should have just, I should have just got a simple, you know, um, PDF or something to just put on my website. It took mm-hmm. me six months to get my website up, you know? Now, you know, and I, I listened as well. The other thing I think I did wrong, to be honest, um, I listened to too many people and I got too many conflicting opinions about what I should be doing, mm-hmm. about what my website should look like, about what my logo should be. And I didn't listen to myself enough. Even though I'm good at listening to myself, I would just say, you know, while getting advice is good, but sometimes we talk to our friends and our friends mean well, but they think they know everything and mm-hmm. they don't. They, they don't know what's right for you. They don't know what's in your heart. So I struggled a lot with that in the beginning, I have to say. And I found it very emotionally challenging because friends were pushing me and in, in, in well-meaning ways, but I was fighting my own, my own intuition. Mm. Yeah, I was going against my own intuition. And that was a big, big learning for me early on to listen more to myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one is a more practical one. A major thing, a problem happened just before Christmas last year. Uh, I was going back to, because I'm based in Sydney, Australia, and I'm Irish, so I was going back to Ireland for Christmas to see family. And, I, you know, the few days before I left, I mean, my office was a mess. I just was having a total emotional breakdown, to be honest. 
I had too many things going on. I couldn't cope. I just couldn't cope. So I made the decision, that's it, I need to hire someone. Mm -hmm. So I actually went and hired a virtual assistant. And I made the decision, even though, again, friends told me not to do this, I hired her full-time. Even though I didn't technically need a full-time one, and now I have three. So, you know, I, I realized that, you know, you, you can't... And actually, I interviewed a woman on this recently, and one thing she said was, was excellent. She said, you can't, uh, you can't if, you're a, if you're a one-woman show, you can't grow. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I would definitely agree with that. You need to hire quickly. Um, you can get outsourced virtual staff that are excellent, uh, and they're only dying to help you in your business. So, yeah, that was the biggest decision, I think, the best decision I made. Yeah. Well, and it sounds like you didn't wait too long then if it was just a few months in yeah. your business because that's a theme I've heard from many of the other yeah. experts that we've interviewed is they wish they would have got the support sooner. So I think... Yeah, get it before you need it. Get it before... You, I wish I had started with one, to be mm. honest. I should have hired one from day one. And, uh, you know, I have friends right now who are resisting it and they are just overwhelmed, flat out. They're, you know, and I've said to them, come on, they're, they're, it's not that expensive to get one. Even double their time. Get one for 10 hours a week. Get one for five hours a week, something. Start with something. Know? Yeah, I took forty hours a week, and I I had her full within a month. That's great. So yeah, I would definitely. There's jobs you don't realize they can that can be done. Yeah, that's a good point. Just kind of making uh, even making a list of all the responsibilities in the business and seeing what you can outsource. Because I mean, yeah. as as an entrepreneur, we need to be focused on the money making activities. I'm sure you would agree with that. Oh, we need to be focusing on working on the business and not necessarily in the business so much. Mm. People spend all their time. And actually, here's a point I would make. Something I say to people all the time is, there's really only three ways to make money. You can physically work to make money. Your business can make money. And your money can make money. Mm. Most people in the world end up, to be honest, most people end up struggling financially because they never get off the first one. They spend their whole lives working for money. Mm-hmm. And a lot of business owners fall into the same trap. They think they have a business, but actually they just have a glorified job. That's and that's, the, that's they think they're moving up the asset sort of sphere, sphere where they're not. And uh, I would urge anyone listening to think about that. You want to build a business that is a true asset and not just a glorified job. So the business is working for you. Can you maybe give our, our uh, audience an example of what that would look like in, per se, a coaching business? What that would look like? Yeah. So with coaching businesses, this is the classic one, especially with health coaches, nutritionists, naturopaths, even yoga teachers, any of these sorts of things. So you've got that revenue stream where you do private one-on-one coaching. Mm -hmm. But there are a whole host of other revenue streams that you should be building into the business. So for example, if you're only doing one-on-one, that's a great, that's a great income. You can earn a great income as a coach doing that. But think about, you know, doing groups, launching a couple, they could be small, could be five, ten people together. A group it also makes it cheaper for the client to come in to a group mm-hmm. situation think about um, how you could I mean the online thing is massive so you can create online programs which is you know the one-to-many model is, is, is huge you could also think about creating a philosophy and then training other coaches in that particular philosophy so I know that you know we were talking about Gina DeVee before. I mean, Gina DeVee has done that in, in, in a huge way and, and very successfully. Now that model is not for everyone. You know, not everyone wants to build something like that. But there are other revenue streams you can think about bringing into your business. You know, and if you think, sit down and brainstorm 
people will come up with other. You just need different revenue lines in your business and not just the one. Yeah, that's a great point. I think that's a great suggestion for our audience, too, to think about how to basically diversify your business yeah. portfolio. You know, what else can you add on? Uh, and thinking about that one-to-many um, really. One-to-many. And leveraging technology, you know, there's technology, there's Google Hangouts now you can do, I mean, I'm doing live Google Hangouts online, you can do, you know, not to be afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And the other point I would make is that, you know, if, if you love, like I've got a friend of mine, she's an acupuncturist, and I mean, she just loves being the one-on-one with clients. So I've got her to start thinking about, it. if that's the way you want to run your business, that's fine. But you can start, when you're making good money, you really want to start thinking about getting your money making money then, and that's when you start investing. Because, you know, then you can have a nice small business that's just you doing your coaching, but you need to get your money, you need to do one of those things at least. Either your business is making money or your money's making money. Ideally, you want to be doing both. But yeah. Well, it's kind of like the trifecta, you know, doing it all. Like the one-to-one, one-to-many, and your money working for itself, you get all three. That I like that idea. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that's what I that's what I teach people how to do. So that's that's the whole. And then it's you know it's sustainable wealth and secure wealth. That's mm-hmm. what we try and teach. Yeah. yeah, if we ever have that financial crisis again. Yeah, yeah I mean, look, they come, they happen. You know, I mean, I, I have to say, for me, the financial crisis. To be honest, actually, although I lost money, it was very stressful. It turned out to be the greatest opportunity that ever happened to me because. Mm-hmm. You know what? In times like that, it is so true. You never, there is no way that I would ever have been able to buy into an asset management business of that size unless the financial crisis happens. So buy when there's blood on the streets. Don't buy when everyone is, you know, waving the flags and it's all heralding yeah. new hearts. Buy when there's blood on the streets. My dad always says, um, buy your winter coats in the summer. You know, kind of that yeah. same philosophy. Like Good on sale. Yeah. <laughs> the fire sale. That's yeah. amazing. Well, um... I mean, obviously, you're definitely a very strong woman and have grown up, you know, you know, your business has been about change and mindset and having a very yeah. strong mindset. So I'd love to hear, and I'm sure audience would as well, is how have you gotten such a strong mindset and is there something you do on a daily basis to strengthen it? You know, I've been asked this question a lot, actually, and it's interesting. I think um, when I was a child, I mean, I, I think lots of us are... If you're lucky enough to be brought up in a family where mindset is strengthened early on, mm-hmm. I think I've realized as an adult it's such an asset. And I was very, very lucky that my family was like that. To be honest, I know lots of people out there d- did not have that experience. They had families or situations where their self-worth was beaten down, where they might have been bullied at school, things like that. I was very, very lucky. First of all, my mom, I, I mean, I, all I can ever remember my mom saying to me, is you can do anything you want to do and feel the fear and do it anyway. Mm. And I was brought up with that attitude, you know, and I really, um, I'm lucky because it, it does create a strength in you that's hard to mirror if you weren't brought up that way. Yeah. Um, the other thing, a funny story about with, with the money thing, right, with my dad, I can always remember my dad saying, um, he used to come home and my mom was a big spender, you know, and he'd come home, my dad ran his own business, and he'd say, there's just, there's only one thing for it, I'm just going to have to make more money. So I was brought up with this belief that when you need more money, you just go out and get more money. You don't save. You just go out and get more. Mm. So it's a really positive belief I have around money that I'm very grateful for them for creating. So I do have a very strong um, 
sense of self-belief that is naturally in me. But you don't wake up every day, even when you're someone like that, you don't wake up every day feeling strong. Mm -hmm. You wake up some days feeling anxious, feeling fearful, feeling sick, all these things. So for me, the antidote to that is action. If you feel fearful or anxiety-driven, the, the, those are... Um, Obviously, you're getting deep into the emotional part of your body in that moment. And it's not that you should push it away, because you should never push away emotion. But you should sit down, and then you need to start getting into the mental side of your brain, because you're stuck in the emotional side. Mm -hmm. And how you get into the mental side is you take a pen and paper, and you simply write down you know, a small to-do list, or what is it that's actually bothering me right now? What's my biggest fear? Mm -hmm. And do the what if, you know the what if thing where you go, well, what if that happens? What will I do then? So, you know, what if nobody buys my program? Well, what will I do then? And you have to create a scenario. Well, if nobody buys my program, I'll probably have to, well, that'll be it, right? I'll have to come back and regroup and maybe I'll do a, a weekend with 10 women in Sydney and ask them feedback on what they would like to learn. Mm -hmm. You know, so it's, it's getting into strategy then as opposed to emotion. For me, that really, really works. It pushes me into action, I would say. Yeah, that's that's a great, I like that actual tangible exercise of really, like, get into reality. Like, what is what is the worst case scenario? And typically, our mind can make it so much worse than what it really could be. Like you said, it's just like, recoup and make a new plan and go forward. I, I like that. Yeah. yeah. Or a client I'm working with at the moment, her, we did this with her, actually, and she said to me, I said, what is your biggest fear? And she, she, or the issue we were facing was how did she go out and she needs to pitch to some clients, to big corporates mm -hmm. uh, for business. You know, she, she knows she can do it, right? And she knows that's where, where the business is. I said, what's been stopping you? And she goes, I'm afraid they're going to say no. And I said to her, but if you go out and pitch to 10 people, nine of them are probably going to say no. You know, like eight of them will probably say no, but all you need is one or two. Mm -hmm. She goes, yeah, I know, but I just can't face the no. And I, I, it, it went back to, for her, it went back to her childhood of, of always being told no and feeling like she wasn't being heard as a child and she had no voice and all this sort of thing. So actually, it wasn't the corporate saying no, it was this whole thing of going back into her childhood and this feeling she had back then. So there's a lot of that work I do with clients as well around their beliefs and where they come from, you know. So I helped her through that and, you know, she's, she went actually and did one recently and you know, the guy said yes, actually. I was hoping he was going to say no so she could deal with it. <laughs> she, but she won the, won the deal. So. That's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah we used to always say with our sales teams, it was like to celebrate the no's because you're one person closer to getting the yes. You know, so it was like oh, we made a big yeah. party out of it. So I like that. I'm going to use that. That's brilliant. Celebrate the no's. Yeah. 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 So just weeding it out. Just get, just get into that yes. So I think, again, it's all about the attitude. It's all about the mindset going into any kind of challenge that we face and how do you face it and and you know for yeah. me it's like the fear it's like okay feel the fear recognize if it's true if it's not true you know what's like is yeah. it a life or death situation you know that's what fear is really meant to be is like okay don't go walk out in front of traffic like you should be fearful of that of course. but yeah. going yeah. to you know going to present at a corporation they might say no like you're not gonna die yeah exactly yeah. what's the worst that can happen actually I always say to people as well the worst that can happen is in a pitch situation is they say no. Mm -hmm. that's, that's it, right? Yeah. It's not that bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know? no, no, no big deal. So, well, that's great. Well, I, I like, you know, it's so important to hear that, like, especially for women entrepreneurs and leaders, as we begin to raise children, 
you know, is to really look at how important it is that we really instill that positivity and the mindset into our children and, you know, what a difference yeah. that can make. Cause I also come from a very, um, positive and encouraging parents. And I think that's yeah. made a world of a difference to me as well. So I think that's encouraging to, for other parents to hear that it does make a difference. So. And watch what you're saying. I'd say as well, when your children are around, think about it's particularly around money. How are you talking about money when your children are around, even when they're very small? Because if, they, if, if there's angst and tension and anger around money, unfortunately, even children as young as three and four, that's what they will carry into their adult life. And they will carry angst and, and, you know, like tightness around money their whole lives. Mm -hmm. So it's not just money, it's, you know, self-worth and all these other things. But they're all interlinked, right? They're all the same thing. Yeah, that's a great point too. So is there anything else? Is there any kind of daily activity or um, daily practice that you have? Actually, you laugh at this, right? When I was in my corporate role, I had a daily, I used to call it my hour of power, my hour of power in the morning. And it really got me through, you know, in the end of my sort of corporate career, at the end there, before I launched my own business fully, I was feeling quite uh, stretched, you know, emotionally and everything. So I was getting up every morning and I would, um, I had this little, I'd meditate for five minutes, not long, just five, five, ten minutes. And then I would drink warm water with lemon and then I would... um, write five things I was grateful for and then I would have a shower and I had these really long mornings before I went to work mm-hmm. and I always thought oh when I have my own business I'm going to be all zen like and I'm going to get up and I, I'm going to do all this in the morning it has gone out the window since I have launched my <laughs> own business so honestly I want to say to women out there there's lots of these women who and I know there's lots of women who run their own businesses who have amazing rituals in the morning. I would love to say that I have one, but honestly I don't. I just I get up and it's I'm trying to get back into a routine of it. But in your first year in business, it is chaos. It is absolute chaos. You're 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 just finding your feet so badly that you're kind of working all the time. Mm-hmm. Now, I have to admit I'm getting to the point now where it's getting a lot easier for me. Um I'm not working weekends anymore, and I definitely don't work nights. So I think what the ritual I've done, though, is I have always focused on what, what is the life that I want to live and how fast can I get there? Because trying to say, I'm going to launch my own business, and then I'm going to do yoga three times a week, and I'm going to do all this stuff in your first year is really hard to do. And if you're beating yourself up about it right now, stop because mm-hmm. your first year is very hard. In, for, in fact, your first two years is probably really hard. But I just stay focused. My ritual every day is to stay super focused on the life that I want to build and how fast can I get there. Mm-hmm. And if that means I'm working like a dog now, to be honest, I'm happy to do it because I reckon in a few months from now I'm going to be there. So the year will have been worth it. Mm. So I don't have any amazing rituals, unfortunately. Well, again, I mean, I'm so happy that you share honestly because that's, again, the yeah. intention of the summit is to hear, like, you aren't going to have this, the vision that you want is not going to be the reality in the first year, even, like you said, possibly the first two years. So yeah, I think that's you know, important I, to hear. Yeah, and I mean, I'm thinking now, you know, I'm sitting in this nice place with this plan behind me and the, the, the lamp, and this is where I do my videos, but actually over to my left here is my desk. And it's a good job we're not filming there because it's like, you know, um, you know, you see all these pictures on Facebook at the moment of people with flowers on their desk and <laughs> candles. And, and I just look at my desk and go, oh, my God, I don't know how they do it because mine's like chaos because I have so much going on. But, 
that can't be their real desk. That's the way it is, you know, just, it's, you know, you just got to look good on the video, that's all. (laughs) Yeah, and maybe that's not their real desk, it's just a stage desk. (laughs) Oh, this is totally a staged area here, you know, I'll be transparent about that, this is my little video spot. (laughs) Very nice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, wonderful, well, um, I know you have a really awesome free gift for our audience, I'd love to give you an opportunity to share that with them. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, well, this is probably good for the audience that I spent so long procrastinating about putting my free gift together because I put a huge amount of work into the free gifts that I have. And basically, I think when I was thinking about this business and looking at all these women out there and looking at my own wealth journey, to be honest, as well, which wasn't a linear path by any stretch, um, I realized that there are the mistake people, most people make with wealth is a couple of things. Number one, they don't get really clear first on what they actually want. They just think, I want to be rich, but they don't really know why, because of what that means for them. And then the belief thing, they've got you know, all these subconscious beliefs about money and about themselves and what's possible. Um, and most people never look at those things, and they just try and make loads of money. So that's mistake number one, because you've got no foundation. And the second mistake that happens time and time and time again is people start investing before they have a cash machine that is solid enough to support it. Mm. And everybody talks about investing. The investing world loves to tell you to buy property and buy shares and do all this stuff. But the worst thing that can happen to you is if your cash machine is not in a good position to be able to fund investments, you can end up, when the financial crisis happens, that does come along, you end up a forced seller of perfectly good assets at the wrong time because you can't support them. Mm. You can't support the assets. You can't get through, and then you don't have any cash to buy when there's blood on the streets. So I created um, what I call my seven-step wealth success map, and it gives people the exact steps they need to take in the exact order and at which time they need to take them. Mm. So I created seven um, little short videos. They're no more than five minutes long, three to five minutes, um, and it teaches you basically everything that you need to do to become sustainably wealthy um, and actually find your own true happiness with money as well. So um, you can get that at, um, I've got a website for that, it's called wealthsuccessmap.com. So you can pick that up over there. That's great, and we'll include the link um, for our audience as well. And I think that's great to have an actual, I mean, obviously you spend a lot of time figuring this system out and obviously it's worked for you for being so successful in your first year of business. So I think we would be smart to follow the system. And like you mentioned, not skipping a step or not, you know, doing them in order is, is really important as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's definitely helped me. You know, I learned it the hard way. So I spent 15 years learning the system and eventually it's what has created my own, um, my own wealth, I guess, my own success. So I would urge you to follow it. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for that. We appreciate your generosity and sharing your uh, your gift with us yeah. and and uh, all your experience for 15 years to put that into to something like that is is really a blessing for our audience. So thank you. Yeah. Thank you. So I think it'd be great just to um, just in wrapping up, share with our audience if you have you know maybe three to two to three pieces of advice or guidance that you would leave them with somebody that's really in the growth stage of their business, anything that you've you've learned or any advice you'd like to give them? Yes, I definitely can. So the first one I would say, and I know this is a boring topic, I know it's a boring subject to talk about budgeting, mm-hmm. but in business, so many people, I mean, I see it time and time and time again, 
people spending money on flash offices, nice furniture, beautiful stationery, fabulous computers, uh, you know, all the stuff that is nice to have and is very good for your branding, but you don't need it early mm -hmm. on. You don't need it. There are ways of, you have to start bringing the money in before you start spending big. Now, I'm not saying that you shouldn't spend, because I did in my business before I was bringing money in, but I was spending on things that were income producing. So, like I talked about, digital marketing, setting up the stuff, the, all my sales funnels online and all that sort of thing. So that's what I spent on. But don't spend on too many fancy things early on that you don't totally need to be successful in business. Um, the other thing I would say, and this is a big key point for me as well, in your business, think about that whole thing of working on your business more than working in your business. And we all have to work in it, but you need to work on it as well. And the way you work on it is develop systems, develop processes, and then delegate, outsource, or automate, or all three. Mm. Because that's how you build a powerhouse asset. Delegate outsource or automate so and the only way that you can delegate outsource and automate successfully is if you create systems and processes and ways of doing things so I always say to clients build your business like it's going to be franchised out 5,000 times even if you never intend to because that means you've got a Ferrari you've got a machine that is a well-oiled beautiful machine and in business that's really important and my third point would be don't get caught up in the hype of the investment markets. Don't get caught. I mean, I know, particularly in America where you are, a lot of people got caught up in the property in the property thing years ago. You feel like you're told, "Oh, you're going to miss the boat. You need to get on the ladder. You need to get your foot on the rung." Don't listen to any of that. Focus on your cash machine, making your money, getting your business sustainable, and then you can build wealth over time. You know, we're all young enough to still build wealth and mm -hmm. you can get there so don't get too just don't get too caught up in the you're missing the boat thing mm -hmm. you'll always get your opportunity trust me it always come around oh that's really helpful advice um, for our audience and and for me too so I appreciate you being so forthcoming with us and really sharing what it takes to have a successful business and I love again that you know working on your business not in your business and really Getting yeah. that, I, again, I love the point about what you, you say, you know, really working towards that vision and knowing what you're working towards and the ability to, to put the kind of the sweat equity into your business now because you have such a clear vision. And, you know, I think most successful businesses, yeah, exactly. Yeah. When you don't want to, when you don't want to get up and go do whatever it is, writing the sales copy or doing the next presentation or doing the next call or whatever the case may be. Um, if you can really have that clear picture, it keeps pushing us forward. So yeah, and it's hard, you know. Like it's not easy, but it's you know I have found it very challenging. But I've learned so much this year, and I've actually loved every minute of it. I kind of loved and hated it, you know. You know that sort of yeah. feeling. You yes. just love hate relationship with it. Yeah. Yeah. You love it more than you hate it, so that's what keeps keeps Absolutely. us coming back for more. Absolutely. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Barbara. It's great to, to have you on our summit today. And I would like to encourage our audience to take advantage of Barbara's free gift and put it into action because it's yeah. no good if you just sit and listen to it and don't actually put it into action. And as she mentioned, make sure you're going through those steps in the right order because that's going to make all the difference. So thank you so much, Barbara. We appreciate you joining us today.
Thank you so much for having me. It's been yes. a real pleasure. Awesome. Okay, go grab Barbara's free gift and get into action, and we will see you tomorrow with another fantastic expert. Have a great day. Bye.